hold up the basket. There she goes. The wicker door fell open. The shining bronze and grey head of the pigeon showed for a moment. Pink claws gripped the edge of the door. The basket was suddenly lighter, and Roger felt as if he himself had tossed the pigeon up into the air. It flew above the roof, above the drifting white steam from the engine, and swung round in circles above the housetops, above the cricket ground, while the porter and Titty and Roger watched it. The engine driver and the fireman leaned out from the footboard to see it too. Suddenly, when it was already no more than a circling grey speck, hard to see in the dazzling summer sky, the pigeon seemed to make up its mind and was off, northwest, straight into the sun, towards the blue hills of the lake country. I can still see it, said Titty. I can't, said Roger. Oh, yes, I can. No, it's gone. You'd better hurry back, said the porter and he nodded to the engine driver, who nodded in return, as much as to promise not to start until they were in the train. The guard's whistle blew, just as they reached the carriage. "'Look here,' said Roger to Titty, as secretly as he could. "'Oughtn't we to give the porter something?' Titty was already digging in her purse. "'That's all right,' said the porter. "'You keep it for pigeon food.' "'But it's not our pigeon,' said Titty. "'No matter,' said the porter. "'Close the door on them.' and waved a friendly hand as the train pulled out. "'Thank you very much,' they shouted at him from the window. "'What was all to do?' said the farmer's wife, who had now counted all her parcels, and was sitting in a corner of the carriage with her hands folded on her lap. "'Pigeon to loose. Now my son's down south. He's a great one for pigeons. Starts flying and when they're nobbit squeak, as he calls them, he flies them further and further, and before summer's out, he's sending them up here to Dad and me, and we'll loose them for him in the morning, and they've flown all length of England before dark. Do you send messages by them? asked Titty. Love from home, said the farmer's wife. Aye, Dad's put that on a scrap of paper and tied it in the ring on a pigeon's leg before now. I say, said Roger, that's what Peggy meant when she wrote in her letter that they got something better than semaphore messages for this year. "'Isn't it a good thing we were able to come?' said Titty. "'We might have had to wait at school.' Roger leaned out of the window with his eyes screwed up against the wind. "'I can't see a sign of that pigeon,' he said. "'It went off at such a lick,' said Titty. "'The train'll never catch it up.' "'Far to fly?' asked the farmer's wife. "'It's a house called Beckfoot, at the other side of the lake. "'Mrs. Blackett's. "'Do you know her?' "'Aye, and a daughter's too, and a brother, Mr. Turner, that's forever gallivanting off to foreign parts.' "'We know him too,' said Roger. "'We call him—' And he stopped short. There was no point in giving away Captain Flint's name to natives. "'You've been here before, likely,' said the farmer's wife. "'Oh, yes,' said Titty. "'We always stay at Holly Howe, at least Mother does, but Mrs. Jackson's got visitors for the next two weeks.' Mrs. Blackett's having us till then, because Mother didn't want Bridget to give us all whooping cough. "'We've come straight from school,' said Roger. "Eh," said the farmer's wife, "'I know all about you. You'll be the young folk that were camping on the island down the lake two years since, when Mr. Turner had his houseboat broke into. And you were here again last winter when the lake froze over. But I thought there was four of you.' Five with Bridget,' said Titty. "'John and Susan must be here already.' "'It isn't so far from their schools.' "'And weren't you friends with the two at Mrs. Dixon's?' "'Dick and Dorothea Callum,' said Titty. "'They won't be here for ages yet, "'because their father has to correct examination papers.' "'It had been a long day's journey from the south, 
but the last few minutes of it were going like seconds. Already they were in the hill country where walls of loose stones divided field from field. Grey rocks showed through the withered grass. Grey and purple fells lifted to the skies. Titty and Roger hurried from side to side of the carriage, looking first out of one window and then out of another. "'Fair parched everything is,' said the farmer's wife. "'No rain for weeks and none coming, and no water in the becks. Folks are at their wits' end in some parts to keep the beasts alive.' Hello, said Roger. "'There's been a fire.' "'More than one,' said the farmer's wife. The train was running through a cutting, the sides of which were black and burnt. "'Sparks from the engine?' said Roger. "'Aye,' said the farmer's wife. "'And where there's no engines, there's visitors with motor-cars and matches and cigarettes, and no more thought in their heads than a cheese has. It takes no but a spark to start a fire when all's bone dry for the kindling.' "'Hey, and here we are. Yon's my fire.'